0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. Great to be with you here with me in the KFG studios. No Josh Gregory today, but my business partner, actually founder of Corhorn Financial Group and one of the CFPs on the team, Kevin Corhorn. Yes, missing
1: Joshua Gregory today. So your age can influence what financial options are available to you, and therefore can influence your financial plan and decision making. What are those important ages? Not just for you, but also for your children and other important people in your life. So we're going to run through your entire financial uh, life and the ages of that life, pointing out the inflection ages, so that you can plan ahead. That. And more
0: on today's episode. That's right. That's right. If you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us a few different ways. You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and engage with us that way. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 222 Most engagement comes on social media, typically YouTube channel. Go check that out or wherever you're at in social media. Search The Wise Money Show and follow us there. So what what is it, Kevin? The uh, 60s, the new 50s? You know, when I was going through uh, college, (laughs) they said, well, you know, 30s, the new 20s. And that, like in college, that was like an excuse to say, well, you can do whatever you want. Make as many like, you know, terrible life decisions as you want because, you know, you're still young. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just it's confusing. But uh, whether you're whether you're actually young in age uh, and you're trying to gain some wisdom or if you're maybe older in age, but young at heart and trying to make some great financial decisions the age that you are the actual age not what you feel your actual age influences your finances and i started um making a list of some of these important ages and guys there's a ton there is a ton and so So, this is, we're gonna run through all of them, okay? And we might miss a couple things here or there, but there's a lot of ages you need to remember. We're gonna go chronological order and what ages really influence your financial options, your decisions, your financial life. We're gonna start at age 18, but Kevin, before the show, you were saying, yeah, it's more so 21. Yeah. Well, I like 18. 18 is the is the
1: earliest age you'd be eligible to contribute to a 401k, which is great. The issue is, and we have an entire department that handles retirement plans, whether it's 401ks or simple IRAs or single Ks, all different uh, flavors, 403bs go on down the line. So most plans by default make it so that you're not eligible until age 21. Mm-hmm. I understand why that is. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, um, and I, I'm not, uh, in spite of all those yeah, people. you who... are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a conspiracy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I am. So, um, but if you talk to all of the, the people in the retirement plan space, the people that do the work, the third-party administrators, the record keepers, um, all the plans, all these people, What they want is they want their lives to be simpler and easier, and I get it. So I'm not blaming them. But I was just talking with a a big national insurance company and their TPA, and I said, hey, there's not a Roth option in this plan. There's not a yeah. there's there's not auto enrollment. Yeah, some and, of the normal
0: features right. these days.
1: And they said, "Look, we don't really want to uh, do that because what because of the, you know, the HR nightmare that that creates." I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's not easy, but but who are we here to serve? Yeah. Because if we're here to serve people and change the world and, and make people's financial lives even better, then we have to be willing to put up with a little bit of pain and make a little bit of sacrifice yeah. to help. Because we're not going to save everyone, and that's okay. We just need to save the people that we can save. So the 18-year-old, if you're 18 or you know someone who's turning 18 or you've got a, a, a a son or a grandson, daughter, whatever, I would encourage them at 18 to start saving yeah and if they can't save if their employer doesn't have a retirement plan, help help them get set up
0: and start if they have earned income, yeah, Start getting some money into an IRA. Most people ask this question when they've got young kiddos or whatever that are starting to work. Hey, how old do you need to be to open a Roth IRA? You need to have earned income. And so the 401k, yeah, at age 18 or some plans at 21... Uh, There's an age limit, but for Roth IRA, you've just got to have earns, earnings, earns. (laughs) You got to have earnings, uh, like earn paycheck money, is what Josh says. Yeah, yeah, you got to get your earns on. So, (laughs) uh,
1: so at 18, it does become simpler because you can set up a Roth IRA at basically any financial institution. There only there are a few that let you do it if you're younger than 18.
0: The parents, you know, at age 18, your kids, the the child tax credit changes. But this isn't about you; it's about the ages. Okay, so let's go from 18 or 21 whichever right let's go to age 26 kevin what's what changes at age 26 well at age 26
1: you're you are bumped off of your parents health insurance
0: it's now required now i'll tell you i was talking to a couple of our health insurance all-stars yesterday uh and when i say talking uh, they texted me okay so (laughs) it was uh you know how many how many uh families have their health insurance where a child, 22, 23, is still on the parent's health insurance plan, but that child could move to their own health insurance plan, reducing the parent's cost and adding a little cost for the the child, but numerically it still makes sense, and that allows the child to contribute to an HSA. So the age here, so I guess I just wanted to point to a bigger strategy there that we're going to be talking about more in future episodes. But at age 26, you have to be off mom and dad's health insurance. You got to be on your own. Yeah. And
1: the Affordable Care Act bases the cost of insurance on your income. Right. So if you're 26 and you haven't gotten uh, really started into making lots of money, it's quite possible that your insurance costs you 50 bucks a month or something like that. Exactly. I
0: mean, like, and a for, nice plan. It, and for, for parents, you know, if you're wanting to fund HSAs and do some, some tax-savvy things, having your, moving your son or daughter onto their own plan will reduce your cost. Theirs might be, like Kevin said, if they're only making 18, 15 grand a year, something like that. They, it, their cost might be minimal, but it opens the opportunity for you to still contribute a family amount to your HSA but also an individual amount to that child's HSA. Pretty cool strategy.
1: Well, and the thing that makes it that strategy so cool is this is a show about financial planning. There are six formal areas of financial planning. That hits almost everyone. That hits your present financial position. Do you or your children have sufficient funds to fully fund an HSA for yourself and for them? Protection planning, that ties into what is my insurance going to look yeah, like? health insurance, your tax, actual coverage. Tax planning, it's better to fund it via payroll deduction, then write a check, but I can do either one and I can um, write the check up to my uh, tax filing deadline.
0: Uh, investments, should you invest this money? I think of that for these young kids, right? You, you know, you've got to get started early to be ahead of the game, especially with inflation and the other challenges that we're facing financially right now, starting early. and gosh, if i've got if I've got a twenty two year old, who's maybe still living at home and they're not making a lot of money or whatever. But we've got the resources to fund their HSA. I'd move them to their own plan. I'd fund that HSA and I would invest that. So you're starting early and use that for retirement.
1: So if you're investing that, that also ties into retirement planning. So, I mean, you, you, you ring the bell in five of the six areas, which is why you need an integrated financial life. And so when you think about Uh, turning 26, you now need an operating system for how you're going to deal with your health and your health
0: insurance and all of the other options and opportunities there. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard for us to fit all these ages in, but it's so good, guys. It's so good. There's nothing big that happens in your 30s and 40s. I'm going to grill Kevin, see if he can come up with some, but the next one that I come up with is at age 50. Now, does that mean, well, finances in my 30s and 40s not important? No, 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 guys. You're grinding. You are grinding during that time. That is a time when, yes, you're having kids, you're a bigger house and bigger cars and all that stuff. You better be making progress in your finances. That's crunch time. That's grinding. The next inflection age is at age 50. There's several that come after that. We're going to hit all that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the most important ages in your financial life? There's actually a lot of them you need to be remembering, you need to be aware of, and be planful for. We're going to help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG Studios Kevin Corhorn. Make sure you check out The Wise Money Show on podcast. If you've never listened, go check it out. Wherever you listen to podcasts, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it or follow us there. Rate the program as well. We appreciate it. Just recently got into Spotify. Uh, You can make your own, well, Joe Rogan. So I've gotten into that more. And so checking out The Wise Money on Spotify, you know, anyway, I've always listened on Apple and Finally, growing up, maybe I don't know. Speaking of growing up, okay, what are the most important ages in your financial life? We just hit you know the early ones, and I would just remind you in your 30s and 40s, there aren't these big IRS ages or deadlines or whatever, those are crucial years in your financial life, right? Kevin, we are talking about this over the break. You're establishing your financial disciplines, your habits, you're demonstrating, you're building your character. And showing your, you know, growing your skill set in order to manage and handle more resources as you grow and are, are older, you're going to have huge capacity to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But you've got to make great choices so that you don't have too much of it slip through your fingers and that you have the skill set to manage and, and be a good steward of it.
1: Yeah, it takes skill and character to manage money. And what if you're listening to this and you're in anywhere between 25 and and fifty, I can tell you this: there are financial planners right now meeting with your parents, helping them with their estate plan, and they're saying, uh, "I we have three children, and this one is clearly the most ready. The readiness level of this child is where yeah. they can step in and take care of stuff in the event that we're not able to." So, I would I would encourage you to do a couple things if you're between twenty five and 50 and you're listening to this, work on your skill, your financial skill, work on your character, um, work on the budgeting uh, process. Uh, you're never gonna have more opportunities. You're gonna have, uh, if, if you've, you probably have kids, you uh, have all these things going on, more opportunities to spend money. I would try to set a goal to just say, hey, listen, I'm, I wanna come as close as I can to max funding any limits that I have. And so and I would think of a couple I'd think your retirement plan at work, your IRA outside of work, your HSA and your 529. And so those four things probably need to be funded at at, at various levels yep. and that's where you want to be working with a financial planner to make those resource allocation decisions because you've got finite resources and infinite choices. Okay. So if you can get those right in your in your late 20s 30s, and 40s. You're 50s, 60s. The rest of it's going to be a breeze. Uh,
0: easier. Easier than it could be. Okay, at yep. age 50, that's the next big age. What happens at age 50? This one should be a little obvious.
1: Well, the year that you turn 50, you can do catch-up contributions. Yep. So if you look at the, the two um, places that a lot of people save money for retirement, you have an IRA, and that could be a traditional IRA, which is Likely pre-tax or a Roth IRA, so I've got my IRA, and then at work I likely have a
0: 401k, or maybe a 403b if it's a nonprofit. And at the year you turn age 50, even if you turn age 50 on on uh, New Year's Eve, yeah. right, which would be weird, um, but. Uh, <laughs> you can start you can save that additional amount this catch up amount um, that entire year so budget for that plan for that do tax planning for that for those IRAs at Roth IRA that catch up is $1000 okay so it moves your contribution limit from 6000 to 7000 um for the 401k what is it kevin it's still 6500 i believe so it yeah. moves your your $20500 normal contribution Plus another 6,500 gets you to 27,000. I mean, that's, that's a number you got to budget for. You got to plan for that. And you don't want to show up. We had this, I remember vividly a couple of months ago, had someone show up. They're 52 and they're like, yeah, I'm maxing my 401k. And you look and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're maxing the old limit. You're not doing anything for the catch up. And so, so that's important at age 50.
1: Yeah, you're early enough in the year. If, you, if you're turning 50 this year, but you're not yet,
0: go online right now. Go to your yeah. 401k and, and bump that up. Goose it up. Okay, age 55. Now, there's two of these here. Speaking of catch-ups, at age 55, you're on the HSA. That's when your catch-up contribution happens for your HSA. Why not at age 50 like everything else? I have no idea because they have no idea what they're talking about when they're making rules. They just don't. I don't understand why the HSA would have a catch-up that starts at age 55 instead of age 50. Makes no sense to me, but that's one. Your HSA catch-up contribution, which is an extra $1,000 uh, for each of you, but there's some unique uh, issues there we're not going to get into during this show, um, but that starts at age 55. There's a second important uh thing that happens when you turn age 55 with your 401k and being able to draw dollars out. Yes. And again, this is the year that you turn 55 Yep.
1: because we had a great listener question yep. on that. Thanks, Will. Um, so the year I turn 55, if I retire in that year and my, my with my retirement plan at work, if my plan document allows, what I'm able to do is I'm able to pull money out of my retirement plan, pay taxes on that if I've never paid taxes on it, but avoid the ten percent early withdrawal penalty.
0: Now this is from your four hundred one k. Your plan needs to allow it, and it's you've got to uh, retire in the year you turn age fifty five or after. Did have someone who's probably listening right now who uh, left his employer for you know not not really in his control, but um, a few months before, like in December of the year that he turned 54, even though he was turning 55 a few months later. And yeah, that didn't work, doesn't work. And so some nuances there, but but age 55 is important. The next big age though is 59 and a half. Why a half year? Once again, because these lawmakers have no idea what they're doing. That makes no sense. Well, I, we speculated last time that it was, well, someone wanted 59, someone wanted 60, and they just said, we'll split it. Uh, I I have no idea if that's true. It has to be true. But at age 59 and a half, that's where the rest of your retirement accounts you can begin to draw out without that early withdrawal penalty, right, Kevin?
1: Yes, and another significant thing that happens. So to your point, Mike, if you're retired or you have IRA money, you can take a distribution and only pay federal and state taxes if the state you live in charges state taxes. Um, So, but the other interesting thing about age 59 and a half, with most retirement plans, in the event that I want to, I can access that money. So I've got a strategy that I want to run in an IRA. I can't do that strategy in my 401k. Well,
0: hey, I can move that money over and I'm off to the races. Well, investment strategy, investment options, a 72 t SEPP distribution. And there's no jargon here, but, uh, you know, that, that's a, a, way of accessing dollars without, um, paying. Oh, well at 59 and a half. No, you wouldn't need to worry about that, but
1: no, but th- this is the, the, the 59 and a half age is interesting because if you're, if you're backing up and you said, Hey, I had an event and I'm able to retire at 50, you can actually, and this is technical, we won't go into it, but you can actually access those dollars just paying federal and state taxes, not the 10% penalty. That's called a 72T or SEPP. And it's, you know,
0: this is a jargon free zone so just yeah. I'll just stop right there but you can just know that you can yeah this one planning. this one we hit this just a couple uh, episodes ago but this one isn't the year you turn age 59 and a half this is actually age 59 and a half and so if you start drawing money out of your IRA in the year you turn age 59 and a half but you're not yet age 59 and a half those dollars will be considered early withdrawal makes perfect sense. (laughs) It does work with your CFP on that. All of that. If you're needing cash around that age, you better be doing comprehensive financial planning. All six areas of your, of your financial life are involved. Your CFP will help lots of other ages coming up here on the wise money show with Corehorn financial group.
1: This is wise money with Corehorn financial group
0: in your fifties and sixties. Lots of important ages. Lots of important ages in your financial life. And we're helping you with those right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Lots of other content there as well. So go check that out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show and subscribe and follow us there. Turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content, which we do all the time. Talking through the most important ages in your financial life so that you can be prepared. Because financially, financial success, a lot of it is determined on your ability to get proactive and plan ahead for upcoming financial transitions. Yeah. And I can't say that as eloquently as Josh Gregory would, but he's not with us today, so that's my best attempt. <laughs> um, but but so it's important that you know these ages, these inflection points in your financial life, that these uh, that the, these rules change so that you can properly plan ahead, be proactive, and be prepared for these transitions. 62 is a big one. 60, 62 is the earliest age at which you can draw social security. Now, if you're a widow or widower, that age is actually 60, hopefully that's rare, okay? So, for everyone else it's age 62. Now, the challenge though is it's not the Wild Wild West at that time. If you've got earned income then and it's above a certain amount, then drawing social security at age 62 or early is uh, could penalize your social security and there's a there's a way I've had some people where they say, "Well, my plan is I'm going to move to part-time at 862 turn on social security and between uh, you know going part-time and making 40 grand and my social security I'll be okay and it's like you can't do that <laughs> I mean you could but if you work part-time earn 40 grand your social security will be penalized to nothing
1: yeah I think I think in terms of about 18 thousand yeah. I can make about eighteen thousand dollars without my social Security being reduced for every two dollars above that, they're going to take back a dollar of my social security. Yep. Now, I have had folks that said, OK, well, if I work part time, I'm going to make 30 grand so that I shouldn't uh, do that. I shouldn't work. I'm like, no, 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 you're ahead giving back some of your social security. And so it, this, I would say it it all depends. Yeah. It totally depends on your situation. I think one of the main factors is your health, because the if you say, if you ask the question, what's the how would I know the perfect age to draw social security? Tell me when you're gonna die, and I can show you the the absolute actuarial, perfect age to draw social security. Without knowing uh, to the day when you're gonna die, Then we start looking at things like, well, what is your health? And then what is what's what is your plan look like? Have you been planning? If you've been planning it, you probably the person who's planned and is ready to retire at 62 or to start drawing Social Security at 62 has a couple of things in order. Likely they're debt free. Yep. Likely, they've got a plan for health insurance, which is a way to have some sort of income but not a lot of earned income or, in in technical terms, modified adjusted gross income, which affects what you're going to pay for your health insurance. And retiring at 62 and not need to take Social Security. Right. Because the, the, the amount of Social Security that you will draw— increases meaningfully on a monthly basis between 62 and uh let's just say 67 it keeps increasing all the way to 70 but that's where it's 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 a it's a crapshoot because you don't know what what am i how long am i going to live and this is where you look and you say well if you've got one spouse maybe one draws one doesn't there are all kinds of really cool strategies but how you draw Social Security, at what age, all these things, one of the biggest financial decisions you're going to make in your lifetime. You said crap. Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. Oh, that, that's like dice.
0: Suit. I thought you no. said soup. No, because <laughs> <laughs> it sometimes feels that way when yeah. you're trying to try when you're trying to figure out how to optimize Social Security. Your certified financial planner is going to help you optimize your Social Security. They are, if they're doing comprehensive financial planning, not just trying to sell you some widgets. Um, they're going to optimize your Social Security. And yeah, no, no one knows the age at which they're going to pass, and so there's no short of that. There's no ability to to craft the perfect plan, but based on all six areas of your financial life, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be able to come up with, Hey, here, here's the best option. 65. Now there's two important things that happen at 65. I'll hit the lesser important one. And that is, that's the age at which your HSA turns into dual purpose. Okay. And we don't talk about this enough on this show, but your HSA Anytime you draw money out of your HSA, as long as it's for a qualified medical expense, it comes out tax free. Or if it's a reimbursement from a qualified medical expense that occurred when you had, you know, a HSA covered plan, um, you can draw it out and not pay tax on it. Fantastic. No tax, no penalty. But if you've been stuffing that thing to the gills and you're worried that I don't, might not have a lot of medical expenses coming up at age 65, that's when you can start drawing money out of your HSA and treating it like it's just a 401k or IRA, meaning you pull the money out and it's taxable because it wasn't just for medical expenses, but there's no penalty. OK, so tricky, but that's at age 65. Why not age 59 and a half? Again, because these lawmakers have no idea what they're doing. Um, but that, so be aware of that at 65. The big thing at 65 is Medicare. Yeah. So, in,
1: and it used to be uh, your your retirement age was almost by default, it was 63 and a half. I worked till 63 and a half. Uh, I hop on COBRA for 18 months, and then I hop on Medicare, and then my health insurance is taken care of that has changed because it is easier to get health insurance before age 65. At 65, what there's a huge change in how you approach your health insurance. Mm-hmm. And so you ha- you hop on the Medicare system and you have a choice really between a Medicare advantage and or a Medicare supplement and a drug plan. So there there are once you get to 65 and you're slowing down i can tell you at 53 i'm already slowing down you're going to ch- everything is going to change and it's incredibly complicated so what you need is you need kind of your your guide your sherpa your, the person who's coaching you in your financial life to walk you through when should i do this and hey if i'm still working at age 65 and i have a choice to stay on my employer's plan or to hop off and hop onto Medicare, which one should I do? Mm-hmm. And so there, there's I as as I look at financial planning, I've always thought, well, tax planning really is the is really the most important area that we help people in because it's so complicated. But medical insurance really, between fifty five and sixty five now, almost trumps that.
0: I know, and you know, we we. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, there was lots of discussion and complaining and frustration about Affordable Care Act. But it's here, guys. It's here. And Kevin, I don't think I would have said that 10, 12 years ago, that outside of tax planning, maybe health insurance or or, or health insurance planning, it would be one of the most important. Not until they changed all the rules with the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. So that's age 65. You're going to make the biggest health insurance decision of your life. If you're still working and covered by a group plan, then you can delay that decision a little bit. But you got to be working with your CFP along the way. So you've got to plan for that. You don't miss those important ages. Because listen, if you miss that age, you're, you know, you're you're going back to that soup I was talking about. There's penalties <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Age 67, that's going to be for most of us listening from this point forward here, um, that's your full retirement age for Social Security. So that's the age at which you can draw your quote-unquote full Social Security. And you really, it's the age at which you can work as much or have as much income as you want and still not be penalized on your Social Security. Um, as Kevin mentioned earlier, if you delay at 67, your Social Security will continue to grow all the way up until age 70. About 8%. Right now, with where the market is, what could work? What can you find that's going to pay you 8%, 8% a year every year? I don't know many options out there. No. So uh, a few other ages that uh, that that we've got to hit important in your financial life. So that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. In your 70s, are there is there anything I mean to worry about with your finances? Yes, there's a couple important ages you've got to be aware of. We're gonna help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard with me in the KFG Studios, Kevin Corhorn. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, Corhorn, or excuse me, well, corhorn.com, you can find us there, but wisemoneyshow.com. Um, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Follow us there, engage with us there, submit questions there. You can do all of that. And so check us out. Uh, all right. So we're talking about the most important ages in your financial life. And as we talked about earlier, being aware of these ages is one thing, but-, but then planning ahead for that next transition, specifically the one at age 50, where you've got catch-up contributions, or the the ones uh, for Social Security 62, 67 for health insurance 65. You've got to be planning for those ages well in advance, and so that's why it's important that you know mm-hmm. chronologically, which we've done today in today's show, from you know 18 to what's going to be 72. Mm-hmm. Lots of important ages. Mm-hmm. So 67 was full Social Security. OK, which um, influences- if you're born in 1960 or later. Correct. If you're born in 1960 or later and uh and, and but you don't have to draw at that time. You can continue to delay it. Work with your CFP. Do comprehensive financial planning. Next age is 70 and a half. 70 and a half used to be a big age, uh, but that's connected to the next age we're going
1: to talk about. So let's just talk about 70 and a half. At 70 and a half, I can do something called a QCD. A qualified charitable distribution, which means likely, and again, this is where when we met with some just some great folks recently, who said the reason why we're we're, we wanted to meet with you is because our we don't we we don't do tax planning. I mean, we ask folks, hey, who does who helps you with your tax plan? Well, they're they're self-prepared and they have a an investment sales guy who does a nice job but put together a nice portfolio for them and it's doing well but they're not getting the whole the uh, the the holistic help that they need so as we're talking and I and I asked the question when's the last time your investment guy talked to your tax gal? or you can reverse that your investment gal talked to your tax guy whoever when is your team coordinated and talking together to to strategize and come up with the best strategy and then are they implementing that strategy. And so at 70 and a half I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it's likely if you're charitably inclined you should start giving to charities directly from your retirement plans. Yep. And you're and again work with a financial planner, make sure they're certified. That person can help you with the logistics of that. Because again, we're setting up a new operating system for how do we give money.
0: And and, and this applies to all of you. If you're giving to any charity, I the, the folks that, oh, I, I'm I'm giving 500 bucks a month to the church, yeah, at 70 and a half, you should have that coming directly out of your IRA, going directly to the church, not to you and then the church, okay? Because if it goes out of your IRA, to you, it's going to show up on your tax return. Okay. And then when it goes from you to the church, you're going to get a contribution, a donation slip that you'll turn into your CPA, but they won't do anything with that because odds are you're not itemizing your taxes. Therefore, when the money goes from you to the church, it doesn't help you on your taxes. Now, is that the reason you give? No, it's not to get the tax benefit. It isn't. But if there are tax benefits available to you, take advantage of them because that keeps more dollars in your pocket. I'm going to trust that you're a better steward of those dollars than the government is just my, my hunch. Okay. Um, the other reason why we still highlight this age as being important for this QCD qualified charitable distribution reason is um, note, even though they change the age for your required minimum distribution, a, a qualified charitable What's that? What are you smiling? at? I, did,
1: no, I just realized uh, there was an age that slipped past the, the goalie here.
0: Oh, really? We got to pick one up. Okay. Yeah. No, okay, no, finish, finish. All We're right. Good. So, uh, so your these qualified charitable distributions count towards your required minimum distribution. It counts towards this. This I'm um, forced to take some money out. How much do I need to take? This counts as that. A Roth conversion does not count as this. So the fact that that's in the tax code that this counts for your required minimum distribution once you're forced to take it. Very helpful. All right, so what did we miss? I had a hunch.
1: Yeah. No, I'm sure there's more than one, but it just sure. it just it just dawned on me. So tell me, Michael Paul Bernard, what is significant about age 70?
0: At age 70, what stops what stops growing at yeah, 70? Social security. Yes. Yep. Well, we mentioned it. We just didn't highlight right. That. So so age. if we yeah. if we back
1: up before 70 and a half and go to age 70, at 70. Between 62 and 70, your, your monthly benefit for Social Security grows. And it grows, it gets bigger every month until you hit age 70, and then it stops growing. So if you haven't started drawing Social Security and you're 70, start drawing it right now. Uh, an, in, an interesting little factoid, if you're over full retirement age, and we said, hey, in 1960, your full retirement age would be 67, um, if you're over full retirement age, you can actually go back six months and get a, a lump sum. Mm-hmm. Now, your benefit for the rest of your life will be smaller. Yeah, slightly. Beca- yeah. Slightly smaller because of you've given up six months of growth on, on the benefit amount. And I've had folks that have waited just knocking on the door of 70 and said, nope, I'm drawing it now. And I just decided that I want that $20,000 check for the last six months
0: worth. Mm-hmm. So they took the money. Let me throw one at you here. Okay. You're working with your CFP. You're doing some creative tax planning and you want to not draw Social Security for a couple of years so you can do some Roth conversion, some other things. So you turn it on in January of a certain year because you say, well, these tax strategies are done, but you wanted a lump sum. So at, on January you say, I'm going to start drawing now but I want to backdate at six months and that keep that pushes that income into that next year, that next tax year. Mm-hmm. But you get a lump sum as if you started drawing in July of that previous year, just an idea, throwing that out there, work with your CFP. The, these ideas that we're sharing aren't ones to say, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'll just run with it. No, that's why we're always going to tell you, take a comprehensive approach to your financial life because this is complicated and they in, and that's a, uh, what is it? Um, it's an, if then, sort of relationship. You've got to look and say, well, this idea, how does it ping against this? How does it ping against this? How does it ping against this? Does this make sense? And so, consider yeah, it.
1: Yeah, all ideas in a vacuum make sense. And so, it's it, sometimes you hear something like, "Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that." And then you look and like, "Well, but if I do that, this yeah. is the all right,
0: so so that's at age that's at age 70. Now let's get to the 72, which was the last age on my list here. Although there there might be others, but at age 72, that the new required minimum distribution age. Now, um, right at the beginning of 2020, we didn't really have a lot going on like nothing to worry about, like this virus. Uh, oh yeah, we did. But there was a huge tax law change that rolled out and started 1-1 of 2020. It's actually passed and proved in law at what, uh, December, November of 2019, but it became effect 1-1-2020. It's the secure act. And at that point, all these changes took place and we were communicating them. And then a month later, the entire world was in crisis. So you might not be fully aware of this. But uh, required minimum distribution moved from age 70 and a half to age 72 and some other rules Yeah, and,
1: and required minimum distribution, that is jargon a little bit. So it creates some confusion and it, we're going to simplify it. And, and if you have retirement plan money, whether it's still in a 401k, it's in an IRA, whatever it is, and you're retired you are required to take a required minimum distribution. And to simplify that, think in terms of about 4%. Mm -hmm. So if I had $100,000 in my IRA, I've got to take out about four grand. If I don't take out four grand in the right year, I'm going to be penalized 50% of that or $2,000.
0: And then have to report that four grand as income as well on your tax return so it's not like all right i've, I've paid my pen my, my penance here with uh with the two grand no you still have to claim it as income
1: yeah so so this is where i would i would want to be planning for my required minimum distribution that i'm going to have to take at age 72 when i'm in my late 50s and i would be looking at the trajectory of the investments that I have and say, which ones of these should be allowed to grow unfettered and which ones of these should I be possibly converting from IRA to Roth IRA? Should I be taking the money out and spending it and make that my lifestyle uh, to begin with? There's all types of different planning opportunities as it relates to this. And if you don't plan before you hit age 72, there's a plan. There, there is a plan for you, and and you will have to abide by that, uh, like it or not. And that four percent that you have to take out at age seventy-two, that 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 percentage gets bigger as you get older because it's based on life expectancy.
0: Yeah, and so that's that's horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Yeah. You're going to have to do an actual calculation, a specific calculation, to determine what your required minimum distribution is, but yeah, around 4% at 72. And then like 4.1, 4.2, 4.4, 4.6. Soon it's five, then six, then seven, then 8% uh, of what's in your IRA. So this is, I mean, this is sort of the capstone that it illustrates the importance of what we've been talking about this entire episode, because Kevin, you said you've got to be planful for this in what your early 50s. I would argue when you're 18, let's go back to that. Or 21. Being aware that at some point, like if, at that time, if you say, well, I've got my whole life ahead of me, I have no idea what I'm going to have to juggle financially, but I want to get started on the right track and I want to save a lot. Um, then if you say, well, I, I have no control over this, but if I'm saving a lot, by the time I get, thout- get out there in retirement, um, do I want to be forced to draw a certain amount of money out that could push me into different tax brackets or whatever? Or do I want to have dollars that are growing and positioned in a tax-free account? So to me, being aware that this is out there should impact your decision-making all throughout your life. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: this is why you need a comprehensive
0: financial plan
1: yeah. so that you can address all of these issues.
0: I mean, the other thing that I would tell you is um, you might say, well, I'm in an okay tax bracket right now, okay tax situation right now, and I'm trying to invest and grow my dollars, blah, 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 blah. Well, listen, look ahead. If nothing changes, what tax bracket will you be in when you're you're forced to draw a certain amount out? At age 72, well, do you like that tax bracket? Because that tax bracket, you'll, it won't go back down from there. Like, that's sort of permanent. Yeah, will they change tax laws? Sure. Will, they, will They'll make small tweaks, but it never changes at that point. So be planful. Work with your CFP. And if you have all that. two
1: lives... You can yeah. you can pay a lower amount of tax on a greater amount of money.
0: All right. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you have uh, learned something from this. Share this with others. Uh, but, but thanks for being here. Uh, on behalf of Kevin Corhorn and all of us at KFG, myself included, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA/SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial
1: Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.
0: I feel like I've been monologuing a lot in this show, but you have. Okay. And
1: it might be one of our worst shows ever, but I think we'll re- <laughs> okay. I think we'll recover. All right. <laughs> I like listening to you, Mike. <laughs> All right, here we go.